Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Welcome back. Today we are looking at a couple of Psalms. Today we're looking at Psalm 43 to 45, Psalm 49, then Psalm 84 to 85, and then Psalm 87. Uh, We are not going to cover, kind of, we're not going to rehash every single Psalm. It seems like uh, what we're going to do is hone in here on Psalm 49 because there's a couple themes we want to lift out of it. And then we might take a quick look at 87. Uh, But stick around for the reading, listen to the reading, or read it for yourself. Uh, The Psalms are really interesting. They have a unique way of revealing things to you. Uh, So I I, uh, invite you to check those out. So Jenny, you're the one that was kind of drawn most to Psalm 49. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about why we want to spend time talking about this thing. Well, when I was reading through it, I definitely noticed there were a lot of Ecclesiastes vibes in it. I felt like as I was reading, I'm like, oh, this seems like it's kind of misplaced in the Psalms because there's so much of it that talks about how what you have and who you think you are in on this side of heaven like it doesn't have any meaning after you die like once you're gone all your things stay here all of your accomplishments don't necessarily mean much um so I just got that very meaningless uh all things are meaningless yada yada you are one of those weird people that likes Ecclesiastes, I right? I do, because it, like, I don't know, it makes you, it makes you think about life and gives you a little bit of a reality check as to, like, hey, some of the stuff that you're putting on a pedestal does not actually matter at all or has very little meaning um, for the rest of life or people around you, whatever. Um it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's refreshing in a way. I don't know. That's just where I think or where I go when I start thinking about Ecclesiastes. Basically, if you're if you're not aware with it, Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature um, pretty much exclusively. And the idea of it is just teaching people how to live uh, a unique life um, by fearing God and trusting in him. And like a key theme that people talk about in Ecclesiastes is basically, it's like meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Like I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. I found no satisfaction. Um, it sometimes it is attributed to Solomon, though it may have been somebody else that wrote it. Um, but that it's, is, well, I'm sure we will be reading Ecclesiastes eventually. There are two verses that stick out to me in this chapter. Um, Actually, there's several, uh, but from 16, nope, not, not 16. It's from 17 until basically the end of the chapter. Uh, it talks about like, you will carry nothing away from this world. Um, your glory will not come down after you. Uh, people that count themselves blessed, like that doesn't like, that's just, it's not going to follow you into death. Like you'll just return to your fathers throughout um, or the fathers of your generation. But then something else that was interesting. So that was like the Ecclesiastes part that really popped out to me. But then we kind of hear something that goes along with that. Um, and I don't know that David totally knew what he was even saying, but in verses seven through nine, I'm just going to read it because it's pretty short, but it, it's so interesting. The parallels that we see with Jesus, Um, And what he will fulfill. 
but also this just like I, this like Ecclesiastes idea of just like well end of the day like it it doesn't it's it's meaningless like mm-hmm. we can't ransom ourselves so verse 7 says truly no man can ransom another or give to god the price of his life for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit so that was just like whoa that's so crazy because david would not necessarily like know about jesus but he is like prophesying prophesying about him um, and how basically life is meaningless without a savior, right? I mean, am I interpreting yeah. that correctly? Yeah. It, um, basically, he says, like, nobody can give their life to save you. You're accountable for your mm-hmm, own life. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, and like, I initially, when you were interested in that passage, I was like, well, Jesus gave his life for us. That's like at the center of our faith. And that is why it's important that we believe that Jesus is not just any old person. He's 100% God. And he's 100% man existing at the same time. Um, so he, David is correct. Any old person cannot ransom you with their lives. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is not any old person. That's why God chose to sacrifice himself as his only son uh, so that we could have eternity with him. And speaking of eternity with him, uh, that idea of final judgment is very clear here in Psalm 39. Uh, this, this says... Uh, let's look at verse 13. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after those people approve their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Uh, there is a, I don't know, like a, like a popular idea that we should be uncertain about uh, judgment and hell, like, oh, we don't really know much about it. It's kind of like, a, you know, Jesus didn't talk much about it, which is crazy. Uh, Jesus talked about hell more than anybody in the Bible. Uh, here we have David, this is super old literature, talking about Sheol. Sheol would have been this ancient Jewish idea of hell, basically like eternal separation from God. Um, the Jews would have also had this concept of the bosom of Abraham, basically like going to live with your fathers with Abraham is our concept of heaven. And so the, the Bible is full of this concept of final judgment and this idea that you will have to give account for your life and you will ultimately spend eternity separated from God in hell or forever with God in heaven. So it, it's it's dangerous to pretend like we don't really know what the Bible says about this, because I think the Bible is pretty clear about it, and it is something to be aware of. I know it's not really popular anymore. Like, I, I guess we make jokes about, like, in the 80s and 90s of how it was, like, fire and brimstone, and, like, you got to be, you got to be afraid, um, scare people so that they want to go to heaven. It seems like we have shied away from that kind of teaching and preaching, and I understand it, but we don't want to trick people by fear into a relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, we don't want to overcompensate by not talking about it at all. Mm -hmm. David is basically saying everything in this life is meaningless. Like, why do you want to pursue all these fleeting things? You should pursue a righteous life before God so that you can spend eternity with him. That is the most rewarding thing. So I think uh, one of the things that can be at the center of this Psalm or maybe like a helpful thing to keep in mind, there's this, this concept, um, it's called memento mori. Memento mori basically means like, remember that you will die. And we have this tendency, I think, as humans, 
uh, probably also as humans that live in pretty affluent societies at times, to think that we're like going to live forever and we can just like pile up all these experiences and treasures and wonderful things. And yet at any moment, um, our, our lives could be taken from us and we would be, you know, judged in that moment. So memento mori for me, uh, probably I would encourage for all of us is just to remember that you have one life to live and it is wildly important to live it well and to God's glory, which I think this this psalm is kind of encouraging us like, hey, don't be jealous of what everybody has. Stay focused on God and honoring him because ultimately you will die. I know that's not like an exciting, <laughs> an exciting, happy takeaway, um, but it is something to keep in mind. I always had a professor that said, how's your dash? If you look at a tombstone, they usually have the date of your birth and the date of your your death and there's a dash in between the two and I always had a prof in I guess it was my graduate courses that would always ask okay so how's your dash these days um, and it's just like I think again that reality check that we were talking about earlier like hey how are you serving the Lord in this like small fraction of time of eternity like the grand scheme of all things and how does that um How's that dash going? And I think this chapter specifically in 49 really uh, speaks to that because it just reminds you of how small of a time this is and how we don't take any of the stuff with us, uh, the accomplishments, things, whatever, that we just pile up for ourselves. So I always think about that. So the, the I mean, really, that is going to be the your part for the day. I think the takeaway is like really be mindful of how you live your life, uh, the decisions that you make, the way that you use the the things that God has given to you. Uh, kind of as a final extra credit thing, we did look at Psalm eighty seven. I just want I want you guys to notice that in Psalm eighty seven, something really interesting happens. Basically, the psalmist is praising the city of God, Zion, um, but then. When he talks about the cities that will be impacted from Zion, um, he mentions Rahab, Babylon, Philistia, Tyre, and Cush, which might seem like not a big deal on the surface until you realize that all of these are non-Israelite cities. In fact, Philistia would be like an, an enemy city. Probably all of these are enemy cities. But um, what's interesting about that is the only reason that these, you know, far from God, pagan, Gentile cities would be calling Zion blessed would be if the Gentiles had a way to be brought into God's plans and purposes. We know from walking through uh, all of scripture that we do see Gentiles consistently being invited in. That's not an exclusively New Testament concept, uh, but the, the person writing this psalm is looking forward to a day when all these cities that are currently far from God will bless God. Uh, which means that the gospel is a message for the entire world. And we look forward to the day when every nation in the entire world is worshiping the one true God. So uh, hopefully you got something out of the Psalms today. Go listen to them for yourself. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Psalm chapter 43 to 45. 
Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil against me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us, what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes, through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes, and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. But you have rejected us and disgraced us, and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter, and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger, all of this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals, and have covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God, or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are guard regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like a pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, write out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The people fall before you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloe and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. 
Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in the gold of Ophir. Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people. All glorious is the princess in her chamber, with robes interwoven with gold. In many colored robes she is led to the king, with her virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In place of your fathers shall be your sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore nations will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 49. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of their abundance of their riches? Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol, with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though, while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beast that perishes." Psalm 84 and 85. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go to the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. 
Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Psalm 87 On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples. This one was born here. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.